0: You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, released on the 18th of October, 2020.
1: Good to see you, sir. Apologies for my rudeness. I assumed you were
2: merely random human scum. Oh, no, I'm very specific human scum. <laughs> Cunic and Benji.
0: <laughs> Welcome to you all. Join us in our Big Finish world of
3: audio drama loveliness. Ah. Oh. I'm Benji, he's Nick That much is certain And here is the list of what's coming up In this week's Big Finish Podcast
0: First up, the reviews And we have Doctor Who, The Lovecraft Invasion Then, the War Doctor Begins interview Featuring our very
3: own Jonathan Carley (sighs) We proceed, proceed, with listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And then we go behind the scenes with Torchwood, The Three Monkeys, uh, featuring Byrne Gorman, Tom Price, Scott Hancock and James Goss, locking around very entertainingly. Oh.
0: <laughs> and then there's the Randomoid Selectatron, where we give you a 25% discount oh. on a randomly selected, 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 selected. Big Finish <laughs> Selected. Selected. I've um, been <laughs> And then we finish off our dramaties. the first 15 minutes free of the Paternoster Gang, Heritage 4. Merry oh, Christmas, Mr. Jago, by Paul Morris, featuring Madame Vastra, her wife Jenny, and Strax, the butler come grumpy henchman.
3: Coming up in a moment, the reviews. But uh, let's talk about recasting iconic roles in Doctor Who. What do you think? You know, like we've got uh, a new third Doctor.
0: It's one of those things, isn't it? It's, uh, I think, it's a very delicate process, but I think it's lovely, I think, to to be able to actually go back to, to eras of Doctor Who that perhaps we wouldn't be able to get the chance to do so normally. Certainly not in the straightforward storytelling of, for example, you know, the Doctor and Joe travel somewhere and solve something You know i think it's really nice it's one of those ones and i think we've been very lucky with everybody that we've managed to to get involved um have just done an outstanding job and
3: you really do close your eyes and just get lost in the story i thought it was interesting for me that you know because we're doing the war doctor begins and i suppose the the war doctors sort of much more new series high profile that there was a lot of reaction in the way that there wasn't when we recast The Third Doctor. Um, I suppose, you know, uh, it's just a process of reassuring people that we're doing it with love and with enthusiasm so that we can tell these stories. There was a lot of uh, people using the phrase, there was some, there were some examples of people using the phrase cash grab. Um. And it's you know, people who just want things to be outrageous and want there to be an enemy you know, I think I think just doing this out of love and just we we love doing it. I mean, you know, we are doing this as a job, all of us. So we do make a living out of it, but none of us is on a yacht in the Bahamas. Uh, you know, so it's just um, I think one thing we certainly you know about big finish that people have to remember
0: um because it is easy to forget, especially in a world now where there are so many different companies producing so many different things. that big finish is. Uh, a company run by Doctor Who fans. We love it. We absolutely love Doctor Who. That is that is why we do this. It's because we enjoy making it. And one of the things, you know, with this, I, you know, I understand as well from people's perspective, recasting somebody like John Hurt, who, in my opinion, is is probably one of the the finest actors of all time. That's mm-hmm. quite a big thing and a huge decision. But it is important, I think, to to remember as well we are we're recasting the war doctor yes not john not hurt. john hurt you can't replace people you can't replace john pertwee you know and and, and believe, you know and i don't think you'd want to but but no, no. the way i think to go forward is that to tell those stories and keep that character alive and i mean the war doctor as well has you know f- there are so many stories that can be told with this bit of doctor who we've got the opportunity to do it and it seems silly not to uh, Not to go down and enjoy it.
3: Cash grab? I mean, uh, that's how. uh, Of course, we're going to charge for it. Would it be. You know, it's just really weird to say cash grab. I just think it's. um, you know, if you want a system that doesn't have money and people buying things, then vote for it. But you don't. You vote You vote for that every time. Everyone votes for that. Everyone wants the world to be about businesses making money and their uh, customers. If you think that's genuinely a bad idea, then that's a perfectly um, legitimate political view. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's what you do think, Um it's just such a weird thing to say. I think. It's I, just I, th-
0: I think as well. You know, with, with any business, you have to make things that you think people will be interested in purchasing yeah. as well. You, otherwise, you know, I, I would, I would love to. There are so many pointlessly small things that I love and little niches um, that I would love to, to think. Yeah, we could. You know, I i don't know here's an example of something completely niche that i love i love you know that old show london's burning for example yes i'd love that i'd love that how good would that be get the cast back together and do it but i don't necessarily think anybody would buy it so it's not worth doing but with something like this if we can do it well which we will because i I really believe in big Finish's ability to tell fantastic stories we love stories uh i think it will appeal to people and it'll be good yeah. and I don't think it's we don't do things oh yeah whip, whip us up a, a first doctor Nick um, you know whip us up a war doctor whip us up this we can get that out in six months get a couple hundred thousand quid blah blah, blah you know Um, it's not really, it doesn't really work no, like that's that It's not you know. what
3: it's about you know we're, we're always going against economic and commercial sense really that's that's the truth of the matter you know if we were if we were sensible hard-headed business people we wouldn't do half the things we did but we just love doing it and jason you know who's owns the company he's he's also a doctor who found and he kind of goes yeah should we do it that would be fun won't it you know it's it's all done in, in that way really uh, i don't you know but, but people people are always um it is a feature of human behavior and spef- specifically sort of brought into hard relief on, on the, um, on social media to dehumanize people and to, um, you know, so we've become some monolith that's not made up of real people that they can just, you know, have a go at. And it's, a, it's such a shame really. I mean, with the war doctor in particular, I, uh, we did consider, all, you know, all sorts of actors. Uh, and then I just sort of was in love with the idea. I thought, wouldn't it be nice if he did sound a bit more like John Hurt's interpretation of the role? And then Jonathan Carley came to my attention. And I thought, oh, that's, I mean, we deal with this in the interview coming up. Um, I thought, yeah, it might be nice to see whether, you know, is he just someone who can do a party trick? of a voice? Or is he someone who can genuinely do a characterisation and um, and be a good member of a cast and interact well with a director and have an emotional intelligence about what he was doing. And luckily I found out that um that he was. I mean uh, I've I so first really gratified.
0: I first met him earlier this year actually I say met him. It was it was over you know, it was online. He was doing something uh, for me and, and he was he was playing he was sort of just playing lots of different parts but he was fantastic with that because working with him i'd never met him i'd just gone from you know people recommending him for his great ability to do different voices and stuff but he was he's so good at at knowing what to do and you there is this thing you can say to him oh could you do you reckon you could do this and he just delivered it and he, and i'd be like god you know that's fantastic he's really he can turn his hand to a lot of things and he's a really nice guy. And he, re- and again, he's another person. I really think he actually cares about it, cares about doing it. It's not a case of, you know, it's, it's a thing like, I think, like it, liken it to um, John Coleshaw, for example, who does The Brigadier. Mm. I'm, I'm working on The Grey Man at the moment, which is a, a brigadier story. And it is a joy to, to listen to that because not only mm-hmm. is he doing a, a cracking Nicholas Courtney um but also you can actually tell just in the way in which he does it that he's not just studied Nicholas Courtney but I think he knows he knows the way in which he would deliver these lines and so it's so fantastic to hear it because it's such a tribute yes. all these little you think that you know I, I have to stop myself when I'm working it god that's exactly what he would say and that's exactly how he would deliver that line and you get these moments where you have a huge smile on your face you think that's it that's that's exactly it you know and the the moments where he stops says, oh do you mind i i just want to do that again and he'll do it and you'll think yep you thought about this you thought i know what to do here and just you know
3: do it and so i i comes out of love again isn't it you know talking to john coleshaw you know he loved the brigadier and loved nick courtney's performance and it it just you know he's absorbed the courtneyness and the brigadierness and is able to uh reproduce that and take it you know uh, make it his own as well but i think you know some people just have a psychological block on if it's not the person who originally played the part then i'm done i'm out of here now i get that 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 is i think just in my little point point of view i feel that's a perfectly valid thing to say it's not it's not my point of view i can't agree with it and i think it cuts cuts out a lot of fun you could have and a lot of stories you could enjoy but You know, if you feel that way, that's absolutely fine. And and hopefully you don't feel we've done this just to offend you. We've done it because we think it's a good idea and loads of other people do as well. Um, But, you know, fair enough. You don't want to join in that's of course you don't have to join in you know i hate it like if you're a party and someone says come on get up and dance i really not don't want to dance come on you know it's just like, like you're committing some crime if you don't join in so for goodness sake if you don't want to join in that's absolutely fine and completely it's completely all right
0: and i think it's like all things you know it's like let's look at doctor who for example you can take so many different uh, approaches to doctor who even is it's actually hard i think even professionally when working on it because you can look up you if you're really doing your you know doing your research on on Unver- oh, my phone's ringing and it's from an unknown number and I'm not going to pick it up.
3: If you do it, you know, if you're... Oh, uh, did you know your internet is going to be cut <laughs> off? Uh, and uh, this, uh, The Inland Revenue is about to arrest you. And you're,
0: you're going to turn uh, into a monkey.
3: Um, your Amazon uh, account has been hacked.
0: <laughs> all those things. But, uh, I mean, you know, when, you, when you're researching something, there are so many points where you look and say, well, in, in the Virgin novelisation of this, this happened here. You know, the is turned into a sausage in this story
2: or (laughs) yes i remember it well ah yes Ah.
0: i ate it um but you know there is there are so many points we think you, you can take it as far as you want to take it and that's the beauty you can you can apply every single release from doctor who history every comic book every book every every audio video every commercial you name it you could say those tom baker computer prime computer adverts are completely canonical if you wish <laughs> you know you could you could and so you know, the point is there are no rules if if, yes. if 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 you sit there and think no you know the war doctor is a is a book that i want to keep closed because once john hurt stopped doing it that's it for me then that's cool and i totally respect that and i think yeah. fair enough because it's, and, uh, it's with
3: anything with fans of anything there's always a point where people feel i'm done now I I thus far and no further I always remember when I was at school there was a boy who was uh, a really close friend of my best friend at the time who who, you know I discovered there was another Doctor Who fan in the world this was when I was like 11 or 12 Uh, and his friend who's I can't remember his name Philip someone I seem to remember so Philip someone if you're listening Um, he once he heard Tom Baker once he saw and heard Tom Baker playing the Doctor he was done well, wow. that was it. that <laughs> was. Ri- he just thought this is ridiculous. He's nuts, and it's not Doctor Who. It's not my John Pur tweet I'm out. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just his point of view. I mean, obviously, I think it's a crazy point of view, but that's but just it, my point of view as well, isn't it? So it is a point. What does any of it matter? It's just we're doing it because we love it, and we hope other people will join in, and people will like what we do. And yes buy it because it costs money to make and for us to continue to do it that's all it is there's there's nothing sinister or disrespectful or you know about it and i'm, I'm sorry if some people don't like it luckily most people do like it so that's why we're able to carry on
0: absolutely absolutely and may i just say no um <laughs> so anyway um oh, now we've got that out of the way we can have a little oh, breather Ooh, well, there we go chest. now time to uh, to get a grip of the latest
3: reviews And this week, as we mentioned, it's Doctor Who, The Lovecraft Invasion by Robert Valentine. Here's the trailer from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Lovecraft Invasion.
2: Where are we again? Rhode Island, 1937. More specifically, the city of Providence. <gasps> How divine. Ah! <gasps> uh, behind the car! Take cover! What are
4: they?
5: bad news, whatever they are.
2: Who is he? Howard Phillips Lovecraft, an American author of weird fiction. What kind of stuff did he write? Precisely the stuff that the Somnifax needs, Calypso. Nightmare fuel. Help,
5: <laughs> <laughs> come! Oh, 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 help! Flip, flip, take my hand! Calypso, help! There are too many of them! Help! Mr. Lovecraft, please. We're trying to help you. Help me? I'm not a
1: complete bimbo, you know. You invade my home, you take me prisoner, and you
0: expect me to believe a story so ridiculous it wouldn't make you past Farnsworth Wright on a slow day at Weird Tales.
5: What happens if it reaches civilization? Like I said, it'll look for a host to manifest their darkest thoughts and feelings against the rest of the population.
6: Mrs. Clark, what on earth is going on? <sighs>
5: Yes, I'll try to explain, but you may find it all rather hard to believe.
0: Try me.
3: Big Finish. We love stories.
0: Simple thing. All you need to do is go to bigfinish.com to find right. it. You just type in Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Invasion. Lovecraft <gasps> being uh, all one word, so Lovecraft, one word, Invasion, another word. Um, put oh, yes. that into the search another pane word. at the top and it'll, it'll appear. Right, done it. So we've got a few reviews here. I'll, I'll start the ball rolling. Okay. Uh, cultbox.co.uk says uh, we have magic ceremonies, historical mm. figures, high-stakes encounters with monsters, and
3: cleverness from the Doctor. Everything you want from Doctor Who. Doctorwhowatch.com, which, uh, as Benji will tell you, is a very uh, good manufacturer of watches. Fantastic, based on yeah, the doctor yeah, very, very thing. good. Uh, despite the significant delay the Lovecraft invasion has definitely been worth the wait it explores some interesting and extremely current issues but it also provides us with a highly entertaining Doctor Who story An extremely strong audio possibly one of the best this year so far we are cult.rocks,
0: that's right, the famous stonemasons. Uh, say, in short, the Lovecraft invasion is a triumph. Writer uh-huh. Rob Valentine's best story to date, and one of the He's absolute good. highlights of the year. It's a funny, touching, literate, and unashamedly political romp that delights just as much as it provokes. As said in the introduction, this might be the most timely release ever produced by Big Finish and it deserves enormous respect for not just making a stand, but making it in such an eloquent and enjoyable
3: way. Oh, I'm so cold in here and I thought I had the heater on, but the, the electricity's turned off at the plug. It's really annoying. Hold on a sec. digitalfix.com says the Lovecraft invasion really is something special. It examines the man that was HP Lovecraft, exploring the beauty of his imagination and the darkness of his hatred and bigotry challenging both the characters involved and the listener with strong performances from all involved (laughs) vivid direction by scott hancock and and wonderfully layered thought-provoking script by robert valentine this is something quite special indeed an extra and there in the digitalfix.com review and it's always nice isn't it when you get something extra like that
0: Just thought I just thought I'd enhance it with a bit of Arctic wind, just to just, to just to give you that the feeling
3: of how cold Nick is yeah, right now. Yeah, I thought I was I thought I was traveling to the other side. <laughs> I
0: just... Is this is this death? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the Feels the, like the afterlife is uh, of course summoned by the uh, instantaneous appearance of an Eskimo or an indigenous person. <laughs> 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 Just imagine <laughs> the big igloo in the sky. Um WarpedFactor.com says uh, even with twenty twenty being a year filled with knocking oh sorry, I'll do that again. Um Warpfactor.com says even with twenty twenty being a year filled with knocking it out of the ballpark releases from Big Finish, the Lovecraft invasion is a highlight. Robert Valentine offers a multifaceted script. Uh, an exploration of a legendary but problematic author whose works have defined a genre for decades wrapped inside an engaging science fiction thriller, Uh, one that hooks the listener in and doesn't let go. Uh, It's also a release that highlights Colin Baker as the Doctor, the strengths of the company's casting and the soundscapes it creates. For all those reasons, this reviewer has no hesitation in calling this one of his best Big Finish releases of the year from any range.
3: Oh, that's really nice. On Twitter, Fantastical... Fantasticalsef? What's that mean? Anyway, that person... Fantasticalsef? Fantasticalsef... Uh maybe, yes. it's fan-
0: maybe it's Fantastic Alice F. Maybe it's That's what Alice. it is. Yeah, that would make oh, sense. Oh well
3: done. I'm so glad I'd be no good at um at cracking the Enigma code. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> hello, What are Big all these Finish? numbers? <laughs> this is mad. How can they communicate <laughs> with this? <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, can we just give him another job? He's (laughs) no good at this. (laughs) Just finished Lovecraft Invasion. I absolutely loved it. It's a great script by at Mr. Rob Valentine, but the performance by at Robin Holdaway meant so much to me. Brilliant. Yes, I identify as NB two, and it was wonderful to see another NB non-binary that is person traveling with the Doctor.
0: Uh, Tomhausen twelve eighteen says a Lovecraft Invasion from. Big Finish and by Mr. Rob Valentine is a cracking story which wastes no time throwing you straight into the action. This creative script is incredibly visual and handles its themes well. As well as Sawbones, Hex, that's of course Colin Baker, and Lisa Greenwood, chemistry is
3: spot on. Oh yes, they had a special little chemistry set. Uh, Listener Big says... (laughs) Listener Big. Uh, update. I don't know why I'm finding that funny. Listener Big. Big. What's listener. Me. Something wrong with me. Uh, the Lovecraft Invasion is now possibly my favorite story from Big Finish. Two exclamation marks and 10 out of 10. 10 slash 10. Huh. I believe that's what that means. 10 slash 10. Uh, is this terrible? Really, 10 10 stay on this channel uh really brings i can't believe i'm quoting Terrorhawks. So obviously my <laughs> favorite program uh, really brings the lovecraft mythos to life good beer. and doesn't shy away from tackling the problematic subject matter just brilliant wow thank you well join us next week when we'll be
0: looking at the latest reviews of the robots
3: volume two
0: the robots
3: nice Going back to our chat preceding the latest reviews, I caught up with actor Jonathan Carley, who will be starring as the War Doctor in The War Doctor Begins. So, hello, Jonathan, and welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Thank you for having me, Nicholas. <laughs> so, um, when was the last time we spoke? Um
7: it would have been back in January, um, when we did the, uh, the original audition for uh, War Doctor Begins, which feels so long ago now. It yeah. really does. Wow.
3: I don't know, we didn't have any idea what was coming in terms of the oh, world no. situation. Did I mean, we? we
7: knew it was on sort of on the horizon somewhere, but we had no idea, you know, just how imminent it was. Um, yeah. And yeah, here we are.
3: <laughs> and before that, uh how how did this whole uh war doctor thing come about for you
7: well actually i'd be quite interested to hear your side of the story but i'll go first yeah. um okay. so you emailed me quite out of the blue um and it pinged in my inbox and i thought at first um because you asked if, if we could have a little chat about um war doctor related things and i thought Hold on, is is someone having me on here? Um, but no, he said, right, let's uh, let's have the meeting and we'll see how it goes. But no, it was all legit, and um, yeah, it was in I think it was back in November, if I am remembering rightly. Oh, all right, okay. Um, and yeah, we just had a little chat, and you put forward the proposition of your th- Big Finish with thinking about uh, doing some more War Doctor related stories. Would I at all be interested? And I was like. Okay. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, not thinking in a million years it it might ever happen. Um, but then we set a date for an audition. We went down, we did it. And then, of course, as with any audition, you're left thinking, mm, I have no idea how that went because it's all in the, uh, well, in this case, all in the ears of the listener. And, of course, with something like um, The War Doctor and taking up the reins on a project originally starring the late Sir John Hurt. Naturally, it's going to be a bit of a delicate issue for many reasons. Yeah. And you were quite um, upfront by saying that conversations need to happen because I understand realistically, even if everything had gone right, if there was a gut feeling that either now is not the time or we're not sure how this will land, that it wouldn't happen. So I was completely prepared for that. Um But then the follow-up came that yeah we want to go ahead we want to work on this and then lockdown happened (laughs) which threw the whole thing into uncertainty again um but uh, David Richardson was very clear that we will still want to go ahead with it it just might take a bit longer to get round to it um we're going to proceed after lockdown um which unfortunately never happened we're still sort of here um but we decided to go ahead anyway and it all went really really well So yeah, yeah. Nick, what's your side of the story?
3: Yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? We just had a chat because I wanted to see what you were like, because it's not, I I already knew that you could do a fantastic John Hurt voice. I just wanted to know whether you could do it with him sounding just a little bit younger. Although I think it's true to say that John Hurt never really sounded that young. uh, and also, I wanted to see what you were like in a studio environment. So uh, not only did you do an audition, you came and played a, a part in a, a Tom Baker story for us. I can't even remember the title of the script now, but let's not say because it's probably top secret. Um, I just wanted to see what you were like in that environment, because it's, it's one thing being able to do a voice. And it's another thing, uh, you know, being able being able to fit in with yeah. you know, everything. And, uh, and I think that after the audition, which, you know, you did really, really well. I think we uh, had you do some work with Louise Jameson, who you'd done the audition with, with her reading the other part.
7: Yes. Yeah, we did. We uh, had a little workshop session, which was an um, absolute privilege because Louise, who's also directed the first set of stories, is just so on the ball and just so generous. Uh, with what she does um, from start to finish. I don't think I could have done it without her because um, like you say, how you work in the environment, it's one thing doing an audition either in person or remotely, but when you get down to the actual job, you've got to know not only can they do the voice or whatever, can they perform the script? Can they get the nuances of the script? And bottom line, can we work with this person? You Because know, you can be the most talented person in the world, but if you either can't cooperate or can't take notes, then it's not gonna play out. Um but yeah, that the workshop session with Louise just was a huge uh stepping stone in terms of building my own confidence and allaying those uh anxieties that I had about prospectively uh taking on the part because um no it's no small feat. It's like do you want to step yeah. into John Hurt's shoes? Oh goodness me. Um yeah. uh, but over the we the way we did it was we did a key scene from a script um, at the start of the session, and then we went back and did the whole thing and worked out how we connect with the text and everything uh, and then came back to this quite intense scene at the end, and it took in a whole different life, a whole different energy. and it took me really aback um in myself uh, because I was like I didn't know I had it in me, just this profound yeah. realization. Um, that choked me up quite a bit. And yeah. there was, it's that idetic moment when you can just say, that's when I knew I could have a pretty confident crack at this. And um, yeah, after that, we uh, put down the plans and came back and did the thing uh, about six
3: months later. Yeah. Well, you know, Louise reported back to us, you know, how it had gone and it was all the news I wanted to hear, really. You know, that you really sort of made an emotional connection with the work. And, you know, and it was more than just doing a voice, you know, it had become something emotional and connected to you as a performer, which is, you know, perfect, really. So, you know, I must congratulate you for that. Brilliant. Well, brilliant. Oh, thank you. And thank you. Um, and then, yes, I just thought, well, because you'd worked with Louise on that, I just thought uh, it would just be a brilliant match for her to be the director. Of it because you know you yeah you'd made a connection and and I knew that and she is one of the most sensitive and talented people I know and I just I had total confidence in her you know being able to work with you and and apparently it's all gone pretty well have you have you recorded the entire um, first box set yeah uh,
7: yeah we did the first one um, in consecutive days so we did three days three stories um, so that was quite a heck of a, a run and we really hit the ground running. Um, especially in this semi-lockdown situation um, because when I was told that we would be uh, recording semi-remotely, i.e. some people from home, some people in studio, I was a bit, oh okay, I'm not sure how that's going to work because I, w- I record from home a lot um, yeah. but you know, there's, t- there's two sides of it. There's the side of um, of wanting to be in the room with everyone, feeling the energy and bouncing off that and then there's the completely selfish side of just wanting to um, just be part of it, just be physically part of it and, yeah. you know, get out into the real world and, you know, make it make it feel official and real. Um, yeah. But when we got down to it, uh, everything just clicked. You know, the, the four walls uh, that divide us all just sort of melted away and um, it was just like being there. It was um, it was really great. I was really pleasantly surprised. Um But then at the end of the third day, uh, I was really coasting through there on that that wave of momentum. Um, But at the end of it, when we called it a wrap and tied everything up, um, it just hit me. It's like how much this, you know, this turnaround uh, demands of you as a performer. so it's just it's just as well it didn't hit me on the end of the first day or the second day because <laughs> turning up the next one would have been uh, would have been a lot trickier but um yeah when that adrenaline sort of fades you think wow everyone really does work so hard on these things yeah but it's that combined effort that just ri- raises everyone up and encourages everyone to raise their game and you know push themselves a little bit more to you know draw a little bit more out of each performance um that is just a unique thing um to big finish in these types of stories because there's yeah. nothing else like it
3: oh well thank you I feel like I've been on a roller coaster ride just listening to you <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave all the uh, business of who you were working with and what the story's about for another time yes um, we'll come back was- to that <laughs> But this was by way of a, a sort of introduction of, of you to, uh, you know, all our listeners. They've already heard a fantastic clip of you yes, doing your I start. was
7: taken aback by that. It's just all... He, he, hearing it all come together, it's just each time a new layer of, of polish has been put on it, it's like, oh, it just gets better and better. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait for the next bit now. It's, uh...
3: Yes, well, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll, we'll go out on that clip. Oh, lovely. Light, damn you,
5: light. Doctor? Oh. Doctor? No. I have water. The High Priestess thought you might need it after your uh, experience? I said no! I will leave it here for you, Doctor. <laughs>
2: Go away and stay
1: away. There is no doctor here.
7: Lithia, leave our guest. Something tells me he is not yet
5: ready for visitors. Yes, O'Hila. Doctor, you're scaring the acolytes.
2: I told that girl,
1: and
7: now I'm telling
2: you. The Doctor is gone.
7: We are burying your acquaintance. Would you like to
1: attend the ceremony?
7: No. It's cold enough in here.
1: I thought you should have the chance. If she hadn't met me, she wouldn't be dead. On the contrary, she would be dead either way. You tried to save her. The universe is already burning. What matters now is what you will do to stop that. I will see you when you are
8: ready, Doctor.
2: Doctor,
7: no more.
0: And to pre-order all four volumes of The War Doctor Begins, just go to bigfinish.com and type The War Doctor Begins into the search pane at the top.
3: Now, I've got a little note here to ask you, you know, that, mention that you've met him before, Jonathan. Um, you've met Jonathan before. Just rearrange these words into a sentence that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> um, met Jonathan before, Benji, haven't you? But you've already mentioned that. I've earlier. already
0: mentioned that, yeah. But <sighs> no, suffice to say, um, when I when I saw that he got the gig, uh, I was so pleased because I really think he is. he is that good. He's very, very good and channels the voice so well and he's just a lovely a lovely person to it's have in the really studio nice. really yeah. nice and, and really you know really cares about really cares about what he
3: does which I think is great so Very intelligent chap as well really interesting to listen to i thought well as you heard from the interview earlier
0: and also just
3: just one other thing as well you
0: know saying that he he cares um one of the things when we were doing something and he um he did a few lines where he clipped a little bit and um, and, and he just said,
3: oh, he said, look, he said, it looks like... That's if it, the recording overloads. Yes.
0: And it sounded OK from where I where I was. But uh, he said, oh, it looks on, on my recording, it looks a little bit like it is. He said, but don't worry. He said, look, he said, you've got another scene to do now. He said, I'll mute my microphone. He said, and I'll just redo any bits. I'll listen through any little bits where I shout or something. I'll just yeah. redo it. And, of course, when I got it back, not only had he redone all the bits and it was spot on, but um, he it was just exactly the same it wasn't a case of listening back thinking oh he just delivered it in a completely different way he just listened to it he's got the ear he said yep yep that's what I'll do just did it and you can't when it comes for speaking from a perspective from the the audio side of things you can't ask for much better in terms of somebody that actually cares like that you know
3: but Jonathan is also a a video producer so he's kind of he's quite knowledgeable about the technical side of stuff so uh, you know when we did the interview we we were talking about technical stuff too you know not in during the interview but beforehand he's very very adept at all that and very cognizant of all the different uh, requirements so i mean it's just a win-win he's just a lovely guy oh by the way uh it's time now <laughs> for us to delve into listeners emails
0: well it's super easy if you want to delve when I think of delve I think of like diving into a huge barrel full of envelopes um, but it's actually it's a lot easier you know if you want to add to this sort of uh, imaginary barrel in my mind all you have to do is send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com and the best thing is you don't even have to buy a stamp so first wow. up then, yeah. I never yeah. thought of it that way. It's pretty crazy, you know. None of that que- <laughs> queuing up in WH Smith to get a load of overpriced stamps. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got one here. This is from Larry Van Mersbergen. Um, oh, hello, Larry. And the subject of this one is doubling down on cassette editions. <laughs> this, of course, referring to our cassette uh, chat from last week. Um, it says, hello, Nick and Benji. Great podcast as usual. Thank you. I was writing because I heard an email from a listener last week about cassette editions or a special
3: cassette edition. Sounds like we're saying gazette. It's cassette. Um, Gazelle. Gazelle. (laughs) Special gazelle. So graceful. Um, Is that the noise a gazelle makes? I I don't think it is. Write Uh, in and let us know the real noise a gazelle makes.
0: (laughs) Nick said that if 2,000 people wanted it, you might consider it. Well, I will spread the word amongst the collectors, social media, and my own podcast to see if 2,000 people will pony up for a special cassette edition. Uh, I would buy one also. So thank you so much, Larry.
3: Right, thank you, Larry. I have been in touch with Jason Hay Gallery. Well I'm in touch with Jason Hay Gallery. I'll... Lord and Master uh, a lot um, and uh, I, I've been forwarding i forwarded him this email he was going oh no go!" On, we? Just, he said the trouble is 2,000 people probably will want it and I said well then that's alright we can do it can't we I said don't worry I've asked for signed affidavits anyway so you wait until um, the, the Victorian collectors community get on board and start
0: asking for wax cylinder can you
3: imagine <laughs> well we'd be up for it you know if it's affordable <laughs> we can do it uh, Faiz Alam has written in uh, subject listening habits bits and cd releases uh, sent this in on the 11th of october hmm. uh dear nick and benji i hope this email finds you well it's well yeah i'm a little bit under the weather if you really want to know but you know i've been a long time listener of the podcast you're all right aren't you uh benji you're yeah I'm fine, I'm fine fine rock yeah, and rolling uh, rocking and rolling uh, sorry i was just making it all about me me <laughs> uh, this is the first time i felt brave enough to actually email you both That sounds a bit like you've emailed us separately, but I know exactly what you mean. We'll be gentle with you. Early today, I listened to the Behind the Screams disc on your Frankenstein release, which I absolutely love, by the way. But what particularly struck me was a segment that said listening to an audio drama is a solitary affair for the listener, as you wouldn't get people sitting in a living room listening to the radio the way you would watch TV. I found this very amusing as did the others who were listening to it with me in my (laughs) living room. I'm very fortunate to have housemates and friends who share in my love for Big Finish. So we often sit together in my living room whilst listening to your products. That's rather nice, I like that. Uh, Recently, we'd listened to Storm Warning and of course, Frankenstein. As many of us struggle to pay attention by sitting silently in a room, this has also led to other bouts of creativity on our part too. I've been known to, to sew stuffed animals Whilst my housemates draw or knit To keep our hands busy And our brain focused on the story There's a picture here actually Of, of what uh, Fias has um, done Look at that Have you seen very Look. good very good gary short for Garazone central the <laughs> space station featured in sword of orion i've made this whale whilst listening to that very story it's really cute it took me ages to work out which angle i was looking at but once i got it it's a sort of yeah, sperm whale isn't it yeah. it is i love it <clears throat> oh uh, yes uh, whilst here i i hear the here there I don't know which you decided to use you use both words whilst here there I wanted to ask you guys a question regarding CD releases I understand that many of the older stories such as early monthly adventures Bernie's Summerfield and even all of Jago and Lightfoot are being or have been phased out because demand for CD copies of these stories are less. However, as someone who has been an avid CD collector for Big Finish products for many years, the gaps in my collection stare out only too cruelly from my display shelf, knowing I'll struggle to obtain many releases that are now out of print. I'm sure Many, like myself, wonder whether you'd consider starting a print-on-demand service for those that are no longer pressed in bulk. I understand that the costs for this may be higher, but I'm sure there would be many, like myself, who are only too happy to offset those costs, if only to avoid paying £500 for Bernie's Somerville buried treasures. £500, gosh. Thank you. That's a cash grab, isn't it? Uh, thank you very much for reading my email. All the best fires Alam. yes so there was that lovely picture there well that's an interesting one fires it's um uh, yeah it's so interesting that i can't answer it um the, the one of the main reasons we're not repressing stuff is that just there's not enough room to keep all the cds and yeah pressing on demand would be a potential answer But we've always shied away from that because the quality of pressing on demand has always been relatively poor and that's something that uh, involves terms of our license with the BBC that you know we have to make sure that it's top quality stuff. But this is something that we're constantly reviewing and maybe we could do something like that in the future. I'm not promising it, I'm not saying we're about to do it, but it's something I'm certainly not ruling out and we must keep discussions going. Uh, like this. I don't know how many people there would be who would do it, but if we could do it pressing on demand, then yeah, I suppose it would cost the consumer more as well. That would be the downside.
0: There you go. Then beats 500 quid, I suppose. You know, it's a lot, yeah. isn't it? Crazy. Well,
3: I'm thinking we would sell them for 502 quid. Just cash in that little yeah, cash crowd. Cash, grab. cash yeah. <laughs> Hashtag cash grab.
0: Interesting <laughs> as well um, that you, you speak as well about, you know, listeners' experiences and people sitting down in front of televisions yeah. and things. I had an interesting thought the other day. Um, I've got this great um, Philips Hue light, uh, which is connected to my computer. And you can do lots of funky things with it. Oh, I see. Um, and it changes colours. And there's, I've got a great app, which it changes colours to different... So you can choose, like, Time Vortex, and it goes with different colours oh, with God. the sound effects of the time, or Thunder, and it, and it does that. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to have, you know, lights that synced up with a, a release? So that, you know, yeah. if, if you're in the TARDIS, you've got all the colours and then move. So I don't know, a night sky and it goes all blue and that but i thought listen to it, i thought we're not quite there technology-wise yet but you know the, i think i think what we interpret as a listening experience at the moment <laughs> is i think things will move on even more one day
3: mm. the, the potential it's, i was just thinking of you know the last big finish day we had when we did you know play an episode in a cinema uh, that was you know relatively packed, and everyone it's really, really enjoyed listening to it. I didn't think when I first suggested it. I'm sure I'm sure I've mentioned this before, and Steve Hatcher won't mind me saying it again. When when I first said I want to do, a, I want people to sit in the cinema and just listen to a big finished story. He, he wrote back, he said, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but but bless him. And the reason I mention it is not to be rotten to Steve, because Steve's lovely and brilliant. Um, but, you know, it, I can see how it might seem like an odd thing to do, but it, everyone loved it. And it's something when we finally get back in a venue with a big finish day, I'd love to do that again.
0: Well, I was waiting in the wings because we were, um, we were recording some reaction shots of people afterwards because i think it was Mm. a story exclusive wasn't it It um yes and um, so i I had not i had no alternative but to be looking through the door watching as people listened and it was it was really interesting to see people reacting as well mean they're visually reacting smiling Mm -hmm. laughing looking slightly concerned when things happening turning to their friends at moments as if, you know,
3: saying, what's, <gasps> you know, what's going to happen? Yeah, like, oh, my God, yeah. this has happened. And, Were any of them hiding, hiding behind the seats?
0: <laughs> no, because they'd be on somebody else's lap. I um, <laughs> would trust is, you could to have be been practical. <laughs> could, could have been a nightmare. But, um, but, yeah, so it's a weird thing, but it's, it's every, you know, audio dramas is a specific thing, and it's great that there are people out there who love it. i um, carrying on with emails now. We've got one here from Drew O'Toole. Um, Subject of this one is a monthly range question. Hi, Nick and Benji. So with the recent reveal of monthly titles Colony of Fear and The Blazing Hour, myself and a few friends were wondering what is to become of the previously announced monthly titles The Lost Resort and Perils and Nightmares. Are they to move to some sort of special release in 2021? Or are they scrapped entirely?
3: Drew O'Toole hello drew no they're not scrapped entirely and there'll be some news about that you know in the coming months so sorry to keep you hanging around for that um some things for us to sort out there now uh since there were some short emails in here put an extra one in we normally do three but here's the fourth one and finally neil Boudell, um a serious question and a cheeky one uh, greetings to big finish okay uh serious question as remote recording is somewhat the norm at least for now have you considered casting your casting net around the world i'm sure there must be actors out there who dream of being exterminated by a dalek but just don't live on planets that get invaded planets in inverted commas well um yeah um, we're certainly not got any problem with that the time difference is sometimes an issue but i mean for example um lala ward is in um hong kong and we recorded with her we had to get up very early for that (laughs) cheeky (laughs) question i've noticed in the production credits since mid-year um that david richardson has been listed as senior producer is this an acknowledgement of his advancing years (laughs) 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 what do the various job titles actually mean anyway keep up the splendid work boys and girls neil i know you didn't ask it like that neil i'm just being sarcastic um Yes, I think it wasn't mid this year. I think David Richardson has been credited as senior producer for quite some time. I think it was in recognition of his long service and to make it clear that he had responsibilities above and beyond a lot of the other producers and production supervisors and and what have you. Um, Yeah. Uh, David Richardson is an extraordinary, talented, creative and fine fellow. And uh, he's... uh, I mean to say he's my right hand man diminishes him really because he functions very well in his own sphere uh, without having to uh, bother about me Um, but um, I can't conceive of doing Big Finish without David, he's so important to us, Uh, the flow of creative ideas from him and then the practical solutions to make them happen, uh, they're a joy to behold really. Uh, he he is that kind of person. You know, when I knew him before in another life, when we both worked for Visual Imagination, he was—they very much relied on him there as the person with the ideas for new things, and he's really good at that. I mean, I just, I just, yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, I don't know what all the other um, job titles—what which ones? Director, producer? I don't know. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs>
0: uh david is is sterling sterling chap and i think you know it's very easy to to take into account you know to forget all the things he does he was with, he was the first person from big finish i actually met actually he was you know when i really? went yeah went to the studio first person opened the door first person i saw shook his hand that you know and, and that's quite nice. Cause he's got a presence at the studio as well. He's he
3: gets involved, and everybody loves him. Really, he's a kind, nice, decent person. That's not to say that he hasn't got a wicked sense of humour in all senses of the word wicked. He <laughs> has. Um, some of my favourite uh, message exchanges are with David. We we communicate every day in some form or another. Uh, he's massively busy. Um, yeah, I just going on and on being nice about him, aren't I, really? This is the David Richardson podcast. um. And talking about (laughs) his advancing years, well, he is uh, younger than me, but only just... Well, there'll be more emails next
0: week anyway, so please do keep them coming up, uh, to, I was about to say, to <laughs> to,
3: to postcast
0: at bigfinish.com. Post-cast. Podcast at big, uh, podcast at bigfinish.com. Send them in, we'll read them out. Uh, can't guarantee they'll all be read out, but we certainly try. Well, we'll uh, hopefully get through them
3: all at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Time now to go behind the scenes with this week's Tortured release, The Three Monkeys, and here are four naughty little monkeys to have a chat about it. Thoroughly entertaining stuff.
6: Hello, I'm Scott Hancock, the director of Tortured, The Three Monkeys, and I'm joined this afternoon by...
8: I am monkey number one, a.k.a. Tom Price. I am monkey number two, Bern Gorman. And that makes me monkey number three, James Goss. The monkey in charge. Out of Hear No Evil, See No Evil speak no evil which way which way around do we go you know the three monkeys cartoon mm. yes. yes so
6: James is definitely speak no evil because he, he has his mic muted
8: right good logic connection I
6: would, connection yeah, I would there.
8: say I'm probably see no evil because you don't
6: I'm, read the script
9: yeah good <laughs> Can I be see no evil? Because Tom has explained to us that he's uh, currently half naked while recording oh, yeah. this. <laughs> so
6: we should probably say we're recording this in lockdown. We're not just mm-hmm. in a studio. <laughs> <Not> in studio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we're all together. How has the experience been recording one of these dramas in isolation? Oh,
9: Tis hot, oh, it. A Duvet yeah. Fort has been constructed. And as I said before, I took this job. That is the best band name I've ever heard Tom Price and the <laughs> Duvet Forts. <laughs>
8: yeah.
9: I demand to hear that CD. Oh,
8: I mean, Michael now. Yeah, CDs, mate. Yeah, that's <laughs> <is definitely, laughs> right. Mini disc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> real to real. Well but done. Good fun, as always. I, I, yeah, it's brilliant fun. And the scripts are fantastic. And I love, I mean, despite James Goss writing them, they somehow. <laughs> Maybe a Scot manages to pull them out of, out of James's grasp and they become good. But they've just been so much fun to do. And um, good stories. Good stories.
6: Well, this is the third in the sort of Andy Owen trilogy isn't it that James has written because we started with Corpse Day where you both recorded in the studio together oh yeah and then we did The Hope and now we're we're not even in a room together no.
8: uh, yes yeah, so as stipulated
6: in yeah. contract yeah. <laughs>
8: yeah it's a weird one isn't it but it's alright really I think everyone's I, maybe I concentrate better when I'm doing it this way because there's, there's still there's a lot more messing around I guess but when we're actually doing the scenes I feel like I'm in it a bit more I don't know yeah good point agreed
9: and there's not that well there's no
6: body language tube journey. you can't
8: yeah, yeah. yes
9: Nice to nice to be back uh with the um what is currently becoming obviously one of the world's best and most desired double acts. Yeah. Uh, you know, Abbott Costello and Scooby Doo and Shaggy and now uh, PC Andy yeah. and Owen Harper. So um, I'm sure you're all begging for more of that but.
4: i
8: think i i wonder when we can try and get a lunch out of us and talk about the future <laughs> of this double L because this yeah. has got legs i mean agreed. we agreed you know there's a lot these guys can do and i think it would work
6: james as, as the producer and the writer what is it you think works so nicely about pairing andy and owen up together
4: i think the characters have a great rapport the actors don't oh, it's been very tricky <laughs> But,
6: you know, as, as
4: characters, they work because Andy is a complete optimist and Owen is a complete pessimist. And so if you put the two of them together, that just works. Yeah. Yes. Well, it depends who's got the monkey.
6: <laughs> yeah. You did a lovely thing in the script, just setting it all pretty much in a car, almost yes, preempting the sound nice. design.
4: Yeah. Al- almost as though I was planning ahead. Did you almost. write this before the lockdown?
9: No. It's nice. It, it gives that nice intimate feel. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
6: And where did the idea uh, for this story sort of come from, James? The idea not only of the n-dimensional monkey, but the whole post office and, and the sort of accidental corruption going on there?
4: Oh, oh, yeah, well, you know, Byrne spotted it. Uh, there, there really is a case where the post office was issued with software that has turned out to be incredibly unpredictable and has ended up with a spate of suicides and sub-postmasters in prison. And it's yeah. not very funny at all. It's just horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just about how small communities have ended up completely wrecked. There, there generally are small villages that don't have a shop. Purely because uh, the post office went and normally that was the
8: the one shop in that little village. Yeah, Cardiff, right? <laughs> oh, oh, no, there's... A did it happen in Cardiff? <laughs> so I, thought, I thought you were joking. Is that, did it happen in Cardiff then? No, it, ha- it, happened, no. All oh, right. it happened all over. happened all over. It's mad, isn't it? We did actually no. have this discussion whilst recording and it delayed recording mm. for a good 25 <laughs> minutes because we all got so massively distracted by it. But it's yes. a hell of a story and yeah, it's horrible. just,
4: you know... um, just just the idea of how would you cope if you're running a really small shop and all of a sudden it was £32,000 in debt Mm. Mm. and
9: they wouldn't stop prosecuting either would they it's not like they put up their hands and said you know okay we've made a mistake they sort of doubled down took lots of people to court
4: yeah, they absolutely mm. refused to believe mm. it, and admit that it was happening but they knew it's turned out for years, they knew.
6: But it, it makes for a, a really different kind of tortured story as well. Yeah, it does, it's But it, it, it's quite philosophical, this. Is, yeah. say, it's yeah. not a big alien invasion or, or threat in that sense, it's no, just...
8: It's a what would you do if thing, isn't it? And mm. they've got this sort of lottery, this, this karma lottery in the form of a monkey toy which is, if you've not listened to the episode you're now like, what the <laughs> hell is this? But I mean, that's basically what it is. A man like that with so much money. So many influential friends. They think they're untouchable. Good news,
9: Plod. You and I are gonna take him down. Shall we get started? From Big Finish Productions Torchwood The Three
6: Monkeys.
8: Right now, we're the luckiest men alive on the planet. We're also being hunted by armed killers and won't see the morning. Yeah, there is that.
9: Get out of there! Get out of there! Andy! Andy! Anyway, if I Andy. Was about to do something
8: stupid, it's fine, because you tell me, right?
9: So. Right, okay. you're about to do something stupid. Do not open it! Do not open it! Turn around! Get out! Come on! Nothing. Andy! What is it? Oh. Oh. Andy! Project Liquidate. We're ready. Oh, Andy, I'm
1: sorry. Uh, good thing they keep shooting at you. Really? Oh, okay, I see, I see, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up! Okay, get in, get in! Oh, shit! Oh, shit! You have until we find you, Davidson. And we will find you, and then it's all
5: over.
6: Big finish. We love stories. Owen? Put
8: the monkey down.
0: And you can get that on limited run on 972 floppy disks. Um, (laughs) um, No, just go to bigfinish.com, type in three monkeys into the search pane at the top, and that will warp your ear things around the superb torture release... (laughs)
3: <laughs> I actually meant rap But I've mistyped it as warp <laughs> I like it Warp sounds better I, Yeah, I'm going with it I'm going with it Very soon now We'll be giving you A 15 minute drama tease Of this week's Paternoster gang release Heritage 4 Arsenal Nil, Featuring Madame Vastra Her wife Jenny And Strax The butler come grumpy henchman uh, But now It's time To give you A 25% discount On a randomly selected Big finish release Yes Oh yes Yes Yes, yes. (laughs) It's the Adamoids (laughs) Electatron. Funny you should say that. Well, impeccably, Ran has
0: plucked a great story up given that we are approaching uh, Halloween. Uh, We've got number 5.2, Doctor Who, The Labyrinth of Buddha Castle.
3: Oh, right. I think this... um you directed those, didn't you? I certainly did direct it. Yeah, it's the first one we did uh, with Lala Ward in with the Fourth Doctor, I believe, and also, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the first time I worked with uh, Commander Koenig himself, <laughs> Mark Bonner. Is really? Wow. Well? Zoltan Frid. I think he'd worked for Big Finish before. I'm, I wouldn't swear to that, but I certainly—that is when. It, yeah, and that was goodness me, it was in 2013. <gasps> Such a long time ago. On the ninth and. 9th of October and the 5th of November.
0: Oh, bit of a gap there.
3: nice. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, let's hear the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who: The Fourth Doctor Adventures. The Labyrinth of Buddha Castle.
6: Loading action seems good they don't lock up like the... Kovacs! Ah! These caves have been commandeered by the military. Identify yourself immediately or face arrest. Ah! Ah! Wonderful,
2: wonderful Budapest.
5: You could hum the Blue Danube if you're looking for a tune. That flows right through here.
2: You'll be telling me next that Budapest's a good
3: place to buy tulips. Ah, uh, this is it.
10: He's been murdered. Stay back! You've claimed your last victim, Count Dracula.
3: Ah, you've made the mistake of finding me kneeling beside a body and assuming I'm the killer.
10: This is the seventh victim in two weeks, all in this area. And you're investigating this? Yes. What the?
8: (laughs) Is this seat taken?
5: I'm waiting for a friend.
8: I suspect your friend is a fiction
0: big
8: finish. we love stories where to the labyrinth of buda castle and step on it cabbie okay
3: subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. brilliant stuff by eddie robson i think it is i haven't checked yes it it's is by it's by eddie, eddie robson, robson isn't it yeah. yeah yeah of course it's by eddie um, it's got some great reviews here. Balancing gothic chills with playful humor, Eddie Robson's script packs in healthy levels of invention and delivers a rounded and characterful adventure romp. Mark Bonner is so good in this suspense-laden tale of dark, devious shivers and thrills. Tim Tim from Mass Movement says he says Mark Bonner is so good. I want to say he's so good that he made me go out and buy a tin of baked beans. I don't. Know. <laughs> anyway, uh, there you go. He could do um, it. He, t- he, could, he could. He could
0: get that result if you asked him. I'm sure.
3: Yeah, no, that's. buy and beans. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Anyway, you can have a 25% discount on this if you go to the Big Finish website. That's just in case you haven't been paying attention. It's bigfinish.com. And then on the homepage, you can see about halfway down, there's the podcast. Or you can click the audiobooks tab at the top and you can see a range, which is the Big Finish podcast. Or there is, in fact, a podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Just press that. In any of those contexts, you can see in the text describing the latest podcast, it says the Randomoid Selectatron also features. Click here. You click there, and there's the offer. All you have to do is enter a special code. What's the special code, Benji?
0: Buck up. All capital letters. No spaces. No complications. Buck up. B U C K U P.
3: There you go. Can't say fairer than that.
0: Well, there we go. Thanks, Ram. What a fantastic choice. And if I may say so, always a pleasure, never a chore. Uh, Sadly, though, it is time for us to say goodbye. And this week, since we're talking about the War Doctor, uh, let's say it in the style of a big explosion. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye! Explosion 10. (laughs) It's my favourite explosion sound, that is Explosion 10. Nice.
3: You've got another one in you?
0: Uh, I, I could do the sort of Explosion 10 with, with Firework tail off Which is <coughs> <so that coughs> You know what I mean? Sometimes you've got to add a little firework Just to give it that little little Crackle Zip!
3: And while we're away Here's a free drama tease Of the first 15 minutes Of the Paternoster Gang Heritage 4 Merry Christmas Mr Jago by Paul Morris.
10: Tis the night before Christmas in Paternoster Row, and footsteps are stirring the crisp even snow. These carolers' voices so bright and so keen, bring festive good tidings to number 13.
2: Christmas, one and all.
10: Uh, Strax, what's that noise? We are
1: under attack. Attack? Mend the barricades.
10: It's just carol singers, look. Ah,
1: that's what they want you to think.
10: Strax, this
5: alarm.
1: I beg your pardon.
5: I said, these alarms.
1: What about them?
5: Turn them off!
1: Of course! Now, which button was it? (coughs) Ah, Perhaps not that one.
5: thank goodness. And I've made a substantial donation to the Church Roof Fund to keep the incident out of the newspapers. What incident?
10: Last night.
5: The very vivid demonstration of your new security measures.
1: Ah, these so-called carol singers will think twice before attempting to breach our defences again. Strax,
10: why have you surrounded the house with booby traps?
1: To combat the escalating local crime wave.
10: You mean the broken window at number five?
1: And the theft of Mrs McQueenie's ornamental cherry tree.
10: It's petty crime. I don't think the St Mungo's church choir are behind it.
1: Criminals are becoming ever more ingenious in the art of disguise. The word on the street is of nothing else.
10: The word on the street? You mean...
1: My most valued informant, Old Smallpiece? <sighs>
10: Well, even if he's right, which he won't be, do we really need to turn the house into a death trap?
1: Number 13 contains treasures far greater than any flowering shrub. It is imperative they remain secure.
5: That is most certainly true.
10: So, apart from the electrified doorbell, is there anything else?
1: (laughs) I said anything else. (laughs) Oh, yes. Such as? Holographic surveillance front and rear. Twin-level plasma barricades. Thermic ramparts, to the mezzanine floor, and laser crenellations on the roof. I considered a moat of acid, but realized this may cause problems with the milkman. Instead, I went for lava. Blimey. Then there are the internal systems security doors, fire doors, vacuum doors, trap doors, and tripwires. Oh, and I've rigged the floor in the scullery so that every tile not within the numerical sequence pi will explode on impact. How does that work? No idea. I have also improved general defenses across the whole spectrum, from natural disaster to all-out interplanetary war. Viz. Magnetic suction loops to disable androids, air conditioning to repel gas-based lifeforms... ...and a sprinkler system pumping liquefied super-ice in case of attack by a fire demon or sentient sun. Uh, yes, ma'am? You are going
5: to give us training.
1: <sighs> These are security systems, ma'am. The fewer people that
5: understand them, the better.
4: Mm.
5: Oh, very well. Good. Now, on the subject of old small piece, I think you should pay him a visit regarding our uh, arrangement. You, there!
1: No loitering in the doorway. Some of us have business to attend to. Strax. Well,
2: bless me. Mr. Jago,
1: good to see you,
2: sir. Apologies for my rudeness. I assumed you were merely random human scum. Oh no, I'm very specific human scum. And let no one tell you otherwise. What brings you out east? Business and pleasure. Yourself? Shopping for something rather rarithide. Drawn a blank everywhere from Bermondsey to Bond Street. And if I don't find what I want soon, I shall have to add shoe leather to the list. This is your lucky day, Mr. Jago. Whatever you require,
1: look no further. And what? Then the very establishment you stand outside. Old Small Pieces Emporium. In there? Are you sure? Don't let the small shabby exterior fool you. On the inside, Old Small Pieces Emporium is one of the largest shabbiest shops in London. Follow me and mind your wallet.
2: Strax, you spud-faced loon! Ah, Classic small piece. Compliments of the season. Who's your friend? Henry Gordon Jago, sir. Young Strax here has given you quite the recommendation. Oh, and he ain't even on a cut! <laughs> Is there a reason you're dressed as Father Christmas? I'm not dressed as Father Christmas. Are you already drunk? Uh,
1: your friend? Mr. Jago, are you dressed as Father Christmas?
2: I am. On the way to children's party. Just need something to entertain the little angels. The great Scarlione was originally engaged, but pulled out at short notice on account of being stuck in his own magic cabinet since second house last. So, uh, what magic tricks? Preferably simple to learn, impressive to witness, and soft on the pocket. Uh, Mr Smallpiece, if you can oblige... You will not merely be helping an impecunious impresario out of a sticky spot. You'll be putting a smile on the cherubic face of each and every inmate of the Smeaton Street Orphanage. Jimmy! See what we've got under conjuring, illusions, leisure domain, magic and prestidigitation. No, prestidigitation. by Press flowers. Oh, never mind. He won't be a minute. And how can I help you, Strax? Madam
1: Vastro would like to inquire if you have any under-the-counter special.
2: <coughs> Is
1: there something in your throat? Should I administer the Heisenberg manoeuvre?
2: You know the rules. No talking about the special stuff. Special stuff? Oh, well, Jimmy's back. Look at that, Mr. Jago. Plenty to choose from. What do you think the orphans would find most entertaining? Well, you got to have a one, surely. It all goes without saying. Hmm. ah This is a beauty. <laughs> yes. Yes, that'll do. What else? How about the top hat of surprise? Uh, does how, it work? Oh, tap it with the wand. Uh-huh. And a wand. ah huh And a-kazam! Oh, a dove, by Jove. ha Ha-ha-ha. It's like magic.
1: Either that or a short-range
2: transmat. Eight bob to you. Eight bob? Well, um, maybe. What else have you got? Um, Is that young urchin supposed to be rummaging around on your counter? Oi! A thief! Engage pursuit! Ah. (laughs) Which way did he go? it was only an umbrella. Hardly crime of the century. There! You never catch him now, he's... Well... Me optics. You, girl, hand over your ill-gotten gains or I will obliterate you. Is that young lad floating? There's no escape that way. You can float, but you can't hide. He's losing his grip on the brolly. He's going to... Fu- oh. Oh, that's all right. Seems quite a strong swimmer. Well, never mind that, tow rag What about my umbrella? Halfway to Hackney, I should say. Was that by any chance one of your under-the-counter specials? Oh, no, 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 no. It's just a, an ordinary umbrella. No need to be
1: coy, Small Piece. Mr. Jago is one of us. He is well-versed in alien matters through his association with Professor Lightfoot. Oh, Georgie boy, <laughs> oh, why didn't you
2: say? <laughs> That's all the calling card I need, is it? I see
1: Small piece does not deal merely an earthly tat. He is well connected in London's alien underworld. Anyone
2: wants to buy or sell something that don't rightly belong on this planet, I'm your man. And where does Madame Vastra come in? Oh, she doesn't. She and Miss Jenny
1: prefer to wait in the tea shop around the corner rather than set foot in, uh, how did you put it? That ridiculous man's grubby little junk shop. Ahem.
2: Any alien stuff, what you might call dangerous... Malam Vastrig, its first refusal.
1: Smallpiece provides a valuable service in removing such threats from the streets of London. The large sums of money that by mistress provides in compensation are neither here nor there. Oh, I'm sure. So, Smallpiece, do you have anything for me today? Hmm?
2: Well, now, Strax, as you ask <clears throat> yes and no. I'm trying something a bit different.
5: Empty-handed, Strax. I take it Small Piece had nothing of interest?
1: Well, yes and no.
10: What's that supposed to mean?
1: Precisely my thoughts when Small Piece said it. What's that supposed to mean, I thought. And? This catalogue will explain.
10: Old Small Pieces, seasonal auction and miscellany. Let me see. Oh, an
5: auction of alien artefacts. That man... Enterprising, isn't it?
1: Isn't it?
10: Surely not. What is it, Mom? Here, lot 17. Prehistoric fossil?
5: It is a crude drawing, but coupled with the description, I believe I know what this item is. A creature from my own era. Splendid. No, Strax. There is no time to lose. It cannot fall into the wrong hands.
2: Madam Vastra! An unexpected honour. Come for the auction? It's in the back.
5: We had an arrangement.
2: Well, yeah, thing is, you ain't the only customer who's interested in the um, esoteric.
5: Mr Smallpiece. I'm trying to keep these artefacts out of the hands of those who are not
2: fit to possess them. Oh, very noble, but uh, business is business. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Time to kick things off. See you in there, eh? I
10: always said. Didn't I always say? Never trust a small piece. And quite right you were.
5: Is that Mr Jago? Oh, yeah. What on earth's he
10: wearing?
2: Mr Jago? Well, oh, you brought the gang. Young Jenny Flint. And you, Madam Vastra, know you anywhere, veiled or not.
5: I am not the only one who is uh, incognito. Hmm? The Father Christmas outfit.
2: Oh, yes. I was just prepping for a kiddies' party. I'm not the real thing. Can't afford the reindeer.
5: And how is Professor Lightfoot?
2: I wouldn't know. He's taken up a better offer this festive season. Luxuriating in Luxor with his lady friend. It's becoming a habit.
10: So you're all alone this Christmas?
2: I do indeed find myself socially embarrassed. But I'm sure I shall struggle through...
5: (laughs) If you fancy a change of scenery, why not join us at Paternoster Row?
2: I wouldn't want you to feel obliged. I'm not yet an object of charity.
5: No charity. Purely for the pleasure of your company. We can compare notes on an adventurous year.
2: And maybe I can entertain you with my box of tricks. I need the practice.
5: Maybe you can. Would this afternoon suit?
2: I shall pop home, divest myself of the fancy dress, and be right with you.
1: Permission to undertake some last-minute Christmas
5: shopping, ma'am. Granted. May I ask why? We
1: now have a guest. Present giving is an
5: earth tradition, is it not? Yes, that's very thoughtful, Strax.
1: I know exactly what to get him.
5: First, we must review this ridiculous auction. This way. I don't think what it'll be
10: like with small piece in charge. Magnificent.
5: Some of the most distinguished figures from London's alien population are here. Not to mention a fair few of the undistinguished. What is your strategy, ma'am? To outbid the competition. I see. Well, it could work, but if you require small
1: arms backup, just give me the nod.
2: Our next item, ladles and jelly spoons, Lot 17, One Old Fossil. Crawl in the earth when Adam was a boy, this was. That's
10: it.
5: Looks kinda cute. That creature was a scourge of the Silurian era. A grubalite. <laughs> a
2: grubalite? Comes with a certificate of authenticity from Charlie Darwin himself. Can I see half a crown? Five guineas. No messing about. I like it. Five guineas we have. Six guineas. Lovely. Be a competition. Makes the world go round. Seven. Seven! Any advance on seven? Twenty guineas! Crikey! Twenty guineas we have!
5: Who is this other bidder?
1: Shall I destroy them?
5: No, but I am curious. Thirty!
1: Leave it to
0: me.
2: Thirty guineas! Lummy! Any advance on thirty? Fifty!
0: You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.